Welcome back to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. As ever, if you want to get in touch, you can email techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Instagram at jesskellynt. And speaking of Instagram, uh, when I was clicking through the stories the other day, uh, my next guest posted a stunning image. Uh, and it got me thinking about one of my like pathetic life goals <laughs> is to shoot the moon. And I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean like capture a decent image of the moon. I don't know if you've done that thing of standing outside and trying to take a picture and it just looks like you've taken a picture of a boiled egg. It's horrific. Uh, But Tom Douglas is with me once again. He's an actual proper photographer. Uh, Tom, talk to me about shooting the moon. You probably use your phone. I do. And I feel like phones get confused very easily because like 80% of your frame is just complete blackness or almost complete blackness if there's clouds or whatever around. I feel like whatever in the phone is trying to help you take that picture just gets completely and utterly confused. And like you said, it looks like you've just dropped a boiled egg on, onto a black tile or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I put a camera on a tripod. I use a long zoom lens. And the beauty of the long zoom lens is you've optical zoom, which you don't suffer such a degrading, degrading in quality mm-hmm. when you're zooming through glass than you do when it's digital zoom and the phone is purely just making the pixels bigger. I take a couple of hundred pictures. The one, the super blue moon on Tuesday night. One Wednesday of the days. Night. It was one of the nights. I was very cold. Mm. <laughs> I was very wet, I think, afterwards as well. Uh, I took 195 images. And the reason why was I wanted 500, but the clouds weren't cooperating. And it got to midnight and I was like, okay, I actually have to call it quits here because otherwise I won't get to bed. It's going to take me at least an hour to process all this data, but... That gives me 195 images to load into a Windows program called PIP, which is a planetary imaging software. Mm-hmm. It's it's an application. Lots of dials and buttons that I don't understand, but the ones I do, I use it to crop the 16 by 9. I think it's 4 by 3, actually. My camera takes pictures in 4 by 3, crops them to a square and puts the moon in the center of each one. So I can import them into a different program called AutoStackert. I think it's a Dutch program. Okay. And that will place dots on points of interest in your image. And it uses them as like, for lack of a better term, like um, there's a word for it when you place lots of points on, on a on a graph. Okay. And it will stack the images based on their quality. So you're getting the best bit of each image. Now the moon isn't massively far away so the difference isn't that dramatic or whatever yeah you're not going to get a a massive dramatic now there was some where the clouds had gotten in front and I just didn't see with my eye Mm. but you can see they're getting slightly darker so those pixels are being overwritten by better ones from other images and it, it it might take a few minutes it might take up to an hour if you've more than a couple of hundred images but it puts together the best of best of all of the worlds, best of 195 worlds in that case. And it spits out an image that looks a little bit flat, but I was able to throw that in Photoshop and mess around with the contrast, the levels, the curves to, and the sharpness to find a happy medium that suits me. Okay, I've got so much to unpack. <laughs> uh, it's a process. Yeah, yeah, and I love your dedication for it. Let's just start with your, like you mentioned, the camera, the tripod and the lens. Yes. What kit, because as far as I know, you've got multiple cameras. So what what specific pieces of kit did you use for this? I used a 45 megapixel Sony A7 or 3 
it was their top of the line camera about five or six years ago. Okay. Um, I picked it up during the pandemic. It was about two years old. Um, obviously, it being 45 megapixels, the image files coming out of it are 75 megabytes each. So there is an absolute ton of data there for you to mess with. Like the latitude you have with messing with those files, even if it's just a single one and it's not stacked. Yeah. It's it's insane. On that, I clipped a 600mm Sony zoom lens and zoomed it all the way into 600mm. But because the moon is, sorry, because the earth is moving and 600mm is such a tight zoom, it's still only a, I should actually grab a raw image and, and show it to you. It's only a tiny dot on the screen, but because the earth is moving, I have to adjust that every few minutes. Wow, okay. <laughs> because you can see the moon from that. When you're looking so close, you can see it kind of Shimming inching back. across the yeah. screen. Yeah, or if, if I stuck it in crop modes, you can you can crop the image very slightly. In video, it moves faster, but to my eye. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, and that on a, on a sturdy tripod, set it up, put it in intervalometer mode, which means it takes a picture every second, second and a half, two seconds. I get to choose, I could tell it how many pictures to take. Mm. And I stand back and wait for the moon to start to reach the edge of the screen. Then I adjust the camera and set it up. Off you go. And you wait and then you adjust it, set it up, off you go. That's kind of cool. The The raw image that you spoke about, so say if you had just taken the one image and, and you mentioned about the, the, the layering and how those little data points get picked up and all the rest, could you do it with five or do you need to have that massive volume of pictures to make it that give that wow factor? I've done it with five. I've done it with 10. I did it the other night with 195 and the result was was fine. I wouldn't say it was my best one, mm. but I've done it with 2000 and I found the results were not great. I think maybe I over overdid it mm. that night. Um with a with a shorter lens, it was an older lens and this this new one is optically perfect whereas the older one was a, a vintage lens belonging to a film camera that I was like, "Oh, this fits." <laughs> um so maybe it wasn't opti- optically perfect. There's lots of factors that go into a lens like glass coating and how many elements and what's the distance between them it gets very very complicated mm. when you start looking at the physics of it but the the raw image yeah there was 195 it didn't take very long to process but if I had taken the one it may have been fine if I just got the right like yeah you're probably relying on the clouds not being there the position being perfect you, yeah. you're kind of banking on a lot of things going your way to just rely on the one image right yeah uh, well, I live in West Dublin and at one point a plane went over and I was like don't 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 <laughs> don't don't and it didn't it didn't interrupt me but the last time you were on we were talking about using AI and not just for tweaks but to doctor images essentially mm. um the programs that you used like do you like it, I suppose, playing around with them and availing of what it offers you as a photographer or do you just do this stuff as experimentation? I kind of just do this stuff as experimentation. Mm. Um, I spotted a YouTube video one day where uh, I think I think it was a Welsh photographer, his name escapes me now, went through this process and said, oh, you know, I have 200 images and I had the camera on a tripod and this is what I did with them in the planetary imaging software and this is what I did, did with them in the stacker and this is how many points, data points I put on the grid and I found when it was more, it took too long to process and the results weren't much better than Mm. when I did a little bit less and had a quicker processing time. So yeah, it just piqued my interest one day and I went out and bought the cheapest long lens I could find and then the itch got me and I'm now taking pictures of birds from 50 metres because I can with the 
the optically perfect Sony lens. And and so yeah, the the software that you mentioned, the different uh, soft pieces of software that you mentioned there. Do you would you often go through that many steps, or do you usually just do the Photoshop? I've never taken. I don't think I've ever taken one image and brought it into Photoshop. I kind of jumped into the process straight away, which maybe really? isn't the best idea. I should have. Okay. But like as you mentioned, like if you wanted to use your phone, I'm sure it's possible. You would need to put your phone on a tripod or a stand of some description. If it was just a one shot, you need to open up the manual controls. You need to mess with the exposure a bit. Maybe download a free exposure counter or exposure measuring app, which is something photographers use when they don't have, like some cameras don't have meters on them. Mm. Film cameras, old cameras. I have a handful of cameras that don't have meters built in and I don't trust my own calculations enough. I might guess and get it close enough to write, but film is too expensive not to get it right all the time. Yeah, download an exposure measuring app. There's a million free ones. Just check the settings, see what that spits out and then match those settings with your phone. And I would say the focusing may be the difficult part Mm. because if you don't have a long optical zoom range, you might be trying to focus into a point that's too small on your phone for it to autofocus to. So you may have to switch on a manual focus and just twiddle it around, set it to as far as possible. It's usually uh, denoted by a mountain. And then the other one, as close as possible, is usually denoted by like a little stick man face or a head and and shoulders, something like that. Mess around with it and see what looks right. Mm. Because if it looks right to your eye, on your phone at least, there's a great chance it's going to be fine. Yeah, I just, I'm so intrigued because I've sat through, I don't know how many phone briefings over the years. And the camera's always the big selling point for any of the flagships, right? I've seen so many ads where they just whip out their phone and point it at the moon and I'm like, I hear. That's what gets me. I'm <laughs> like, hear. I'm going to be that person in the ad and then you get the boiled egg. Yeah, and you've, you've people like me spending two or three hours trying to get it right between setting it up and taking the images and then downloading them off the card and then putting them through the two processes and then putting them through Photoshop and then at the end result, you open it up on the big screen and you go, no, actually, I want to put that back in Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, you see, I don't have that that, that level of patience. <laughs> but I, I just, I'm curious at the, the pitches for the, the smartphone camera because it is always that thing of the best camera ever and the clarity and the, like, I've got the iPhone 14 Pro Max. I don't know where my phone is right now, which scares me. But um, the camera on the iPhone 14 Pro Max is stunning. I was at an event earlier in the week and somebody took a picture with an iPhone 12 and I could tell instantly that it wasn't taken on my phone because just there's certain things that the 14 Pro Max does better than pretty much every other phone. But I still get frustrated that I can't shoot them in or I can't get some of the images that you get that you post on your Instagram even though that they're saying it's top of the range and it has all this incredible spec on pieces of paper. Yeah, I suppose there's something you can't really do with a camera sensor the size of the nail on your index finger. Mm which is like physically it's the portrait mode for example I can spot a a portrait mode that is uh, software based straight off the bat it just looks like mashed potatoes to me because I've used various different lenses from say an inch long to the the 600mm which is as long as my arm when you extend it you can see the the, in, in physics terms at least the light has to it has to go through a certain 
amount of glass in a certain order. All of these camera companies, Nikon, Sony, Canon, Fujifilm, there's a handful of them, have this perfected bus. It's been captured on a sensor that's 35 millimetres by 24 millimetres. So that's enormous when it's compared to your phone. And then there are other formats of cameras that are medium format 6x7. They're even bigger again. So the effect you get is slightly different again. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's impossible for phone companies. Obviously, they can put software in place or AI in place to try and replicate them. But nothing beats like a camera with a long lens at a, a wider aperture. That's the iris you're going to blow out the background. It's yeah. g- it's going to just be gone and it's going to look great. Your subject separation is going to be brilliant. There's only so much that phone companies can do with physics. Mm. They're just a shame. Bound. <laughs> it is a shame. I wish I could just pull out my phone and have perfect images. But yeah, they're bound by the loss of physics, sadly. Yeah, and the other thing, I don't know if you've noticed it with smartphones as well. Uh, like back in the day when I used Huawei as my main phone, they'd oversaturate some of the colours. So if I went up to the balcony here in Marconi House and I took a picture out across, like over the top of Stevens Green, for example, the blues would be like the most ridiculous blues in the world. Same with some of the Samsung ones as well. Like I feel like some of the Samsung uh, images, the, the colours kind of tend to not be reflective of what I see. And then I get annoyed because I'm like, oh, that looks really good, but it's not reflective of real life. And mm. it irritates me massively. While you were speaking there, I just pulled out my Z Flip 3 oh my God. and took a picture of the microphone in front of me. And it just looks very pink, doesn't it? It's not reflective of the colour of the pop shield at all. No. This is a Samsung Z Flip 3. Yeah, I've noticed that, all right. And I, we have this kind of phys- philosophical conversation among the, yeah, we're big nerds. Um, <laughs> you photographer <laughs> Photographers, <dorks>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there a such thing as a raw image? Because whether you take it on film, it's going to be affected by the type of film, the chemicals yeah. that are in the film, the type of stock, whatever that company was aiming for when it manufactured the film. Mm. So you, can you have a raw image on film? Probably not. Can you have a raw image on digital? Probably not, because there are all of these algorithms and corrections. And apparently with most digital cameras these days, what it takes has been corrected before you even see it. Yeah. Because the company knows, okay, we made this lens and it slightly pin cushions the image so it, it kind of bows out away from you in the middle mm. or it might bow towards you in the middle because of the distortion on the lens. So we're going to correct that and it'll be fixed before the person even looks at the back of the screen. Is there a such thing as a, a raw image? I don't, I don't think so. So why not edit them and make it more reflective of what you see? I'm going to turn down the pinks on that and <laughs> yeah, you look <laughs> turn like up you need the to contrast. Urgently. Yeah, I'm itching here. Okay, so is it a waste of time then for people trying to shoot the moon with their smartphone? I don't think so. I think if you put it on something solid, on a stand, on a tripod, mm. uh, if you can find a selfie stick and maybe balance it so it's still. Yeah. Yeah, check the exposure settings with a free app. Um mess with the focus set it to as far as possible if it doesn't look great bring it back in stages very slowly it'll start to come into focus and eventually like it might take a few minutes but eventually you should get it Okay if you've managed to shoot the moon from a smartphone email me techtalkandnewstalk.com or uh, send it to me on Instagram at jesskellynt I need to know that it can be done I need to see someone else has done it. Also, if you do do it or have done it, tell me what phone you have. Challenge accepted, so. Okay, yeah, you make it happen. (laughs) Okay, we're going to check in next week and see if you've actually done this. Uh, Tom Douglas, thank you so much. Thank you.